So hello, welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I've got something today that I want to share because I'm excited about it. Uh, and I understand the theological principles behind it. And I've preached them many, many times. But this is the first time in 62 years that I've actually experienced it. So what happened is about a week ago, a friend of mine on Facebook had sent me a message and said that he was being led by God to reach out to three people and ask them if they would like prayer and if they would like to pray for him for a week. Um, and so I wrote back immediately and say I uh, said I would be honored to participate in that. And, and I'm already just blown away by the fact that you would send me a message and ask me if I wanted someone to pray for me. Um, so, so we, we talked a little bit about what is going on in our lives and what we would like prayer for. And then we just left it in God's hands and the other person's hands. Um, and that was a, a Saturday night. Um, and I don't know what happened besides the fact that David was praying for me. And I believe God hears our prayers, um, the prayers of our hearts and our minds and our spirits, and that God responds. I also know that I had talked to David about my life and what I was looking for. But I opened my eyes on Sunday morning, and as I opened my eyes, very clearly I heard, saw, felt, experienced the phrase, something is different. I just knew as I opened my eyes that something was different. And that something was that for, for 51 years of my life, um, I have struggled with my weight. Um, before, when I was 11, um, all my life before that moment, I never knew I was a larger size kid. I didn't know that. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel any different from anyone else. I kept up with all my friends and um and but when I was 11, the clerk at Sears and Roebuck downtown in Norfolk, Virginia said to me, actually said to my mother, "Oh, we have to take him to our husky section as I was buying pants. And all of a sudden, I knew there was something wrong with me 
because I couldn't buy normal clothes. I had to go to the husky section. Now, I look back on pictures when I was 11, and I was not a fat child. Um, I have big, strong thighs and hips, and I could not fit into slim-cut Levi-style corduroys. Um, I had to go to the husky section. But the way the man said it, the way he almost whispered it to my mother, left an indelible ink spot on my, my mind and my heart and my psyche that I was different because I was fat. And over the next 51 years, actually over the next 20 years, but continuing for the next 51, I became exactly what I thought he said I was. I became a man that went past fat to obese. Um, and as much strain as that may have been put on my body, although my doctor continues to get mad at me because all my numbers are good except for my weight, um, as much of a, a, a strain that may have put on my body, it put more of a strain on my spirit. I felt like there was something wrong with me that I had to overcome because it was my fault if I was fat. I didn't have any comprehension that God could have made me fat. Um, I thought it was my fault. Um, obviously, at 11 years old, I was pretty much the way God made me. I was, as a coach once said, in a much more positive light, Hollis, you're my fire hydrant on the line. I can count on you. And I was big, but I was strong. Um, but I didn't feel that. I felt fat and wrong. And spiritually, I have always felt like a failure because I couldn't overcome that and prove to God that God should love me. So even as a minister, you know, luckily, blessed by God, um, I got the message of Balaam's donkey and knew that if God could speak through Balaam's donkey, he could use a donkey like me. And so I knew that no matter what was going on in my life, that God could use me to do God's work. And I've always trusted that. And I I believe that God has used me to give to people what some of what they needed to have. 
um, so that they could grow in in the presence of God as well. And I I don't belittle any of that, but for the 40 years that I have been a professional pastor and minister, I have always carried the burden of I'm not a very good witness to God because I can't even gain control of my body and my cravings. That all changed a week ago Sunday. That feeling was not there when I opened my eyes. Something was different. I didn't feel any of the scars or weight of not being the perfect body that I thought I needed to be to prove to God that God was smart in choosing me. I was set free of that original sting and the 51 years of of dark misery that I've piled on myself. And I was set free of the, the need to prove to God that I could do this because I can't do this and that's okay. God can do it for me, wants to do it for me, did do it for me, and has continued to do it for me. Since that day, I have been in the car, and as soon as I enter the car, one of my triggers is I have to look for where I'm going to stop and get something to eat. My eating is connected with the car. I have not had a craving since that day. Um, I have not. Usually, for 51 years, I would wake up with the thought of, what am I going to eat today? I have not had that thought first, second, third, or in the top 10 in the days since I've been healed and set free. I didn't do anything. I didn't plan anything. I didn't make anything happen. And so far, God has blessed me. And in my prayer conversation in the last week, David and I talked about the struggle with the flesh because that was something he was working on too. And one day he said to me, I just say, not today, Satan. And so I started saying that whenever I drove by a Cumberland Farms or had to go on an emergency visit into the city where all those options used to like just bling, 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 bling in front of my eyes. And, and I was ready to drive by them and say, not today, Satan. Anytime there was, there was a, a temptation or a craving, 
I haven't had them, but I found power in the no in saying, not today, Satan. And then I added to it during the week, not today, Satan, I'm serving Jesus. And that became my purpose to fill the thing that I was saying no to. And and like I said, for since that day, I have not had a craving. I have not had a thought that developed into that craving that then overwhelmed me and consumed me and then made me feel bad physically, mentally, socially, and relationally. I have been set free to no work of my own. And I'm just here today to say to you that that is possible for you in whatever you struggle with. You just need to, to, you can, you can, you don't need to do anything because God loved me the way I was, but, but you can turn to God and just pray and not have to prove anything. Or you can turn to a friend for support. Or you can just let God do God's thing because God wants to help us not feel like bad or, or a failure, but wants to set us free from the chains that bind us. And God has done that for me in the last week and a half. And it just blows me away. That's awesome. I mean, I'm like so grateful that you're willing to share that with me and with everyone listening. So um, first of all, just like really appreciating your willingness to share not only your journey and this experience that you've had in the last week, but what that means for sharing kind of the journey that you had before that. Um, it's interesting because I'm actually in a, a course this semester uh, about parapsychology. Yeah. It's all about, you know, extrasensory experiences and, um, you know, like ESP or psychic things or remote yeah. viewing or channeling or all different things like that. And we, ha- for my midterm, we have to take a um, case study of someone who had an extrasensory experience who had something you can't explain just with material science or with the five senses. And we have to look at it from a theoretical perspective, from an empirical perspective, from a skeptical perspective, um, and kind of pick it apart. And as you were talking, I was thinking, this is an extrasensory experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering how you would define it. I mean, would you define it as a miracle? Would you define it as a healing? I mean, yeah, I don't know the difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know. I don't know if, if it was a response to David's prayer for me or if God just decided that this was the day that, I was supposed to be given this gift. Um, Or I don't know if it was in talking to David that I opened myself up to let God do God's work. Um, But all I know is that I didn't do anything. 
Right. You know, I've been doing stuff off and on for 51 years to try to fix it. And and I've gained control of it for periods of time. Yeah. But I'm healed now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know what it means now to be set free. You know, I guess like Marley's ghost, I've been carrying around chains all these years. You know, but I woke up that morning and I didn't make a decision. It was done. Right. You know, I didn't have chains that I could access God if I wanted God's help. But I couldn't be freed unless I decided to be free and made the choice every moment to be free. Right. Yeah. So then what do you, I'm just thinking for someone so, else who is, was in a similar situation as you who was struggling. I mean, yeah. what you're describing, it's not like you hadn't heard that before. Yeah. You've heard the, the experience that you're describing from other people. Right. You know? And you yourself are saying like you didn't do anything. So then What's the catalyst? What's the action? What's the, like, how does somebody, I don't know if it feels almost cruel to be saying, this can work for you too, but it didn't work for you for 51 years. Right, right. Which which my doctor has suggested for the last 10 years that I get the surgery. And I said to him, if I don't change myself, then that surgery is not going to work for me. You know, because at some point I'm going to find a way to abuse it. Yeah. It's funny because I actually also took a class on paradigm shifts. And it seems to be something similar to that too. Right, right. Which could be the skeptical argument against miracles. <laughs> like it like it could be like for someone who doesn't believe in God or doesn't believe in miracles, the argument here yeah. could be you know, you didn't have a healing, you had a paradigm shift. But then the counter argument could be, what's the difference? <laughs> um, right, what's the catalyst? Like, what caused that to happen now, you know? Um, but I think that's the difference in what I'm hearing as someone who's kind of heard you struggle on this path for the majority of my life. Um, it doesn't just seem like you're experiencing a different plan or a different enthusiasm like bolt jolt or um, I've seen you try so many times you know like what you're describing others who struggle with addiction um, but this seems like a real paradigm shift you know and of course how far in are we right now we don't know but it's it's I really believe in the power of changing your mind and then watching the world around you change you know and it it's sometimes actually easier in my experience to change the things around you. But if your mind hasn't changed, it always goes back. Right. Like people who win the lottery and then three years later, they're bankrupt again, you know, like, and so I think sometimes it is actually easier to change those things, the physical things, you know, but if the mind doesn't change, it'll just revert. And so I think that's what I'm experiencing from you this past week is, um, 
yeah, it seems like a paradigm shift. And whether that came from a healing, whether that came from a miracle, whether that came from the hands of God or the hands of your Christian brother, um, it's something, there's been like a paradigm shift, you know? Yeah, can you like spend 30 seconds defining that for all of us? Paradigm shifts? Yeah. Paradigm shifts, they come from all different means, but it's, you know, everybody's experienced it in their life. It's when you're clearly walking in one direction and then you have a shift either from an external force, like you're, you have a divorce and so then everything in your life changes, or from an internal experience and some people can't even pinpoint where that shift came from, but something in you right. changes. And right. part of a paradigm shift is that it's permanent or semi-permanent. So it's like an actual change, not just a change in behavior, not just a change in inspiration or enthusiasm, but a complete change in yeah. mindset, lifestyle, view, understanding. Um, and the easiest way to see paradigm shifts in your life is when you can look back and say, this was the moment. Right. Have before, for example, September 11th was a paradigm shift for our culture. Right. We can all pinpoint the moment and there's a pre and post 9-11 America. Right. Right. So that's like a really clear example of a paradigm shift, you know? Okay. Yep. So... It, it yeah, well, that's what I had. Yeah, it sometimes comes from an external force like that, you know. Yeah. But it can also come yeah. from, you know, everybody has friends who, like, yeah, they just, one day they just put down the cigarettes and they just never pick them up again. Right. They, they a paradigm shift, you know. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so I think you can pray for them. You can go to therapy for them. You can, you know, and sometimes, you know, they say, like, people think that enlightenment is like a sudden switch, you know, you suddenly switch the light on, yep. but usually it's yep. actually a result of like lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of little steps. Right. And then something switches at the end, you know, right. that bumped it over the edge. So we don't know. I mean, it could be that you've actually had all these little things going on, little influences, little practices, little behaviors, yeah. and that this was the thing that pushed you over the edge, you know? But but it seems like I've had, I'm, I'm, it seems like I've had little things that have got made me worse. But that can also be a part of it. Okay. Because you know how that is, like, it's yeah. like, you know, that can happen with a divorce, right? Like, things can be going right. better, but then actually realize, like, like, and you think, like, this is actually the best it's ever going to get. This actually isn't going to work for me. <laughs> You're divorced. Right. So it seems counterintuitive. Right. Like, things were actually going right. better. Right, right, know? right, right. So, right. I mean, you know, rock bottom, that's a thing, you know? It could be that I see. going worse for you, and that was actually the catalyst for your... I mean, COVID, yep. I'm sure, has been a catalyst for many people to have paradigm shifts. I've definitely seen it in, with people in my yeah. life. You know, yeah, definitely. Where I think their yeah. life will forever be different after this experience. Right, right. So I think right. then the other thing is when you have a paradigm shift and it moves you in a direction that you've always been wanting, like the one you're describing now, is yeah. obviously the next thing that comes up is what if this doesn't last? Right, right. When that's and I've 
I felt bad because that's a human thought, right? That, okay, well, obviously this isn't going to last and what's going to happen when I come under pressure, you know? But, But in the last week, I've had difficult pastoral things. Um, I had difficult family conversations. I had somebody call me out, which is one of the worst things for me, call me out falsely about things that that they said were wrong with me um, that were affecting, could affect my position um, as a pastor, my standing in the community, and my pride, you know? Um, They were lying about me or falsely spreading things that were not true about me. And, And that is usually an easy thing to throw me into the despair of filling my body with food so that I didn't feel. Um, and I didn't this week, not today, Satan, I'm serving Jesus. <laughs> um, um, and that's enough right now to return me to this paradigm, you know, but, but I've lost 75 pounds and gained back a hundred three times in my life. Um, right now. I haven't, I lost seven pounds this week um, just because I'm being healthier. Um, I still need to make a plan for what health is for me. Maybe. Um, But right now I am returned to the post 11 year old thought of who I am in this world, but now with 62 years of experience. Um, so I'm trying to prepare for the future when I have to put actions to my faith. Um, but I also don't want to belittle what has happened because I am different. Um, I am different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would be like for people who maybe have experienced this or are hoping to experience this, like you and I, we go back to this a lot, but I think for me, like the best thing about spiritual life is that you can't do it alone. Right. Like we need to like walk each other home, (laughs) you know, that, like right. that's a big part of the yoga tradition and a big part of Christianity, like loving exchanges with others, you know? And I think that that is something that's really beautiful for me that happened in this situation. This didn't, you didn't do this alone. Someone else initiated this for you. Right. Right. You know? Absolutely. This was a, like a communal experience that somebody else initiated right. for you. And I think, that that has been really helpful for me as I've grown in my spiritual life is that that communal experience needs to continue through this healing, you know, like you couldn't do this at the beginning and you can't do this alone the whole way, you know, right. Like we need each other. 
And I think especially right. like the story that you told with this situation, like the origin story of your challenge with eating, it comes from a place of shame and vulnerability and we tend right. to hide those things, especially in spiritual circles, you know? Right. But right. When, yeah. But in this situation, it was brought to light within the structure of a loving friendship and you've experienced a healing through that. And now is not the time that then you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get the job done on your own, you know? Right, right, but right. That, that would be my natural tendency too. Like, okay, let me see if I can do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, like that yeah. You had help in this part and then you need help the whole way. Yeah, we need each other. Yeah, but um, but what is different for me in this is that for those fifty-one years, I would have been doing it trying to prove myself worthy. Yeah, where God has done this for me, right? Right. Um, and and. Even if I have personal responsibility now that that God does want me to learn, you know, I'm not doing it to prove anything to God. Yeah. I'm just doing it because that's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's the paradigm shift. Like your whole relationship yeah. and your body. Yeah. Your perspective, your reasons, your insecurity, yes. fear, those, yes. those things still exist, but they're now from a different perspective. And and without that food, I mean, food has been a crutch. Mm-hmm. Food has been a blanket. Food has been a, a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, all, you know, so without that, I am going to be more vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not afraid of showing people that I'm a failure mm-hmm. because I'm not. That's part of the paradigm shift. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, I am no longer protecting the fact that I'm a failure. Exactly. You know, because I'm not. Right. The, the, the situation is actually the same, but your perspective has changed. Absolutely. So even if you struggle or are challenged or have days where you, quote unquote, fail, your perspective of that failure will be different. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it will be a failure, not my failure. Yeah. yeah. Not that I am a failure. Yeah. You know, um, it went immediately to my heart. Now I can talk to Carol. Yeah. I I can reach out to a friend. You know, I wouldn't before because I didn't want anyone to know the truth that I was preaching stuff that I wouldn't live by. Yeah. Yeah. I believed, but I couldn't make happen for myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, and I wish I could fast forward 20 years and say, see, here's a picture of me in 20 years and this is real. Right. You know, I can't prove that to anyone. No, but that is the idea of the paradigm shift is like, this is the moment that you'll look back on and say, like, it was the pre and post. Absolutely. Healing, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. And I think that that is, yeah, that's just, you are the only one who can feel the difference right now, you know? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to hold on to that and just, and yeah, yeah. And just trust. Like that's like, seems to be the big lesson out of this is that it wasn't you. You weren't the one who created it and you're not going to be the one who sustains it. You know? Right. And does that mean you don't show up? Does that mean you don't put an effort? No, but like, it's not by your right. strength that this happened. No. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. What do I say? So this week, um, I mean, this is where I get really hokey. You're always really hokey. This isn't the moment it starts. <laughs> but this week, I have preached forever that God loves you. This week, let God love you. You, you don't have to prove anything to God. Just let God love you. We, part of this COVID thing is that we, many of us have a little bit more time. Just take the time to be with God and let God love you, but then share with God Or share with yourself. Or go to counseling and get to this point where you're able to say, this is what I'm hiding. This is where it hurts. And I don't want that to control me anymore. so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.